Hello everyone, this is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Marcus Nez, tries to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This is episode 12, Celeste, a challenging platformer that I guess we as a whole, the video game players, what have you, are calling splatformers, platformers where you respawn immediately after dying. I I don't know. I don't quite get it. You don't go splat in this. You just die and you blow up and you start. I, I whatever. I don't get it. I will never say that word again here or anywhere. But Celeste is a challenging platformer where you do just that. When you die and you will die a lot. You start right away and it's very very good celeste is one of the best if not the best platformer i have ever played in large part because the level design is incredible however i do want to put something out there right away i think if you have the ability to play celeste on a console or pc whatever other than xbox one I highly recommend doing so because while Celeste is an amazing game no matter where you play it, I think the Xbox One controller is the worst way to play Celeste. Disclaimer, I played Celeste with an Xbox One controller and I still loved it, but it was not without frustrations. And the reason why I think Celeste is especially frustrating and maybe only frustrating with an Xbox One controller is because the placement of the analog sticks makes it so that using the D-pad, which I think is good on the Xbox One, it feels good, but where it's placed makes it not ideal for a regular usage or using it for a platformer. And the problem with using the analog stick in Celeste is that there are many times when you will have to make diagonal inputs which are very frustrating and inconsistent and just an absolute nightmare with the analog stick. And I imagine playing this on the Switch with the Joy-Cons or on PlayStation 4 with the D-pad where it is. I, I imagine it would feel much better and the frustration which is not the game's fault but the fault of the controller would be almost eliminated completely that said if you only have an xbox one and it's the only way you can play it by the time you're hearing this it'll already be too late but it was a free games with gold title for january so if you are an xbox live gold member are an xbox only player it is still absolutely worth playing because despite the frustration that comes with the inconsistent inputs for those particular moments it still feels great and it is just an incredible experience because every part of it is so lovingly handcrafted and all comes together to make one hell of an experience that i just i was blown away by how well put together the game was. And I need to start where I think the game is best and that is with the level design. So the thing I love 
about Celeste is that it gives you all your abilities right from the start. You have a jump, a dash, and the ability to climb for a limited amount of time. That's it, and that's all. And the way the game changes things up is by adding new mechanics in each area that don't mess around with your muscle memory of knowing that, okay, this is my jump button, this is my dash button, and that's it. It never adds a new ability that's mapped to another button or anything like that. You have your base abilities right from the start, and the way the game challenges you and gives you new things to play around with and figure out is through the level design. The first area, the, the Forsaken City, which is a very base standard type of challenging platformer and at first when I was playing the game I thought well this is a solid platformer but it's nothing special and then I got to the old site which introduces the first new interesting crazy awesome wonderful mechanic maybe my favorite in the game I love it so much I love the look of it and the feel of it and the sound of it chapter 2 the old site introduces these blobs full of sparkly color things that when you dash through them in whatever direction you're dashing in you will flow through those and you'll hear this wonderful sound as you're going through them and they propel you in that direction so that you can reach new areas and every time I went through those I felt so good I, I loved that particular mechanic so much because it just felt so freeing and made me feel like I was larger than life. It was an amazing feeling and it did that with what it introduced in the levels in that area not by giving me a new ability that made me feel more powerful. It gave me a new element that I could play around with in the game that made me feel more powerful. I love that so much and they continue to do this throughout the game through the seven chapters. So in chapter three, the, the resort, they introduce these toxic blobs that you have to avoid that can be on the ceiling, that can be on walls or the ground or floating, moving, what have you. And that is more of a traditional, okay, you have to avoid these surfaces or these platforms, etc. But it works well and it, it, it makes sense for that particular area because there's also a story going on that I'll get to later and chapter 4 the golden ridge which is probably my least favorite area of the game it introduces both wind and these bubbles that will propel you in one direction depending on where you're aiming just a little bit to get you to where you need to go I didn't love that area so much because it made me feel less powerful it was the one time the game made me feel like I couldn't do everything even though i got through that area and maybe got through that quicker than most of the other ones or at least it felt easier but it just wasn't as much fun as the rest of the game and then the mirror temple chapter five it introduces a new kind of bubble see it still bubbles but these bubbles will propel you all the way until you jump out of them or dash out of them yourself or hit a wall or something like that and then reflection chapter six is much more story focused but i believe this is the chapter that introduces these leafs you can pick up which will 
let you fly freely for a limited amount of time to get to where you need to go. And then the final chapter, there is a, a an eighth chapter after the game ends that I have yet to get to because you have to find these hearts which I've only found one of so far but chapter 7 which is all about climbing back up the mountain after you've fallen is a wonderful chapter that implements everything you've experienced up until that point while also doing something really wild that made the whole experience that whole chapter at first really just freaky and somewhat cumbersome and hard to deal with and just something I had to wrap my head around it introduces a second dash because you can only dash once throughout the rest of the game but part of the story is you as Madeline unless you decide to change your name I decided to keep the name as is which was funny when I heard the name of another character who I was going to name her before I didn't freak me out a little bit but part of the story of Celeste, a big part of it, is her dealing with her own identity and self-doubt and these negative thoughts she has of herself and, and this lack of confidence and, and similar thoughts that are inhibiting her to some extent throughout the game and weighing her down and at times chasing her you'll have these moments at the end of chapters where you are being chased or you have to really rush through an area and use what you've learned about that particular area in a timed manner where you aren't given unlimited time to try and figure out what you have to do which does a great job of letting you know that you really learned something while playing through that area because you're able to think on your feet and think quickly and figure out all this stuff while at the same time being oppressed by this force or character or what have you that is coming after you and in chapter 7 you finally accept yourself this other side of you that you don't want to accept but you finally do and when that happens you are given a second dash which at first is somewhat mind-blown because while I said earlier that the game doesn't give you new abilities it does give you an additional dash at the very end to help you reach the the summit to reach the top of the mountain and that is wild because it just is something that is so foreign from the rest of the game and it gave me such an incredible feeling of power that I wasn't quite ready to use or comprehend how to use at that point I would be jumping through an area at first and forgetting I had that second dash and I would die and remember oh that's right I have a second dash what an idiot I am and then I would accidentally press it twice like it took a little while to get used to that because it was so new and it was something that was in addition to all of the mechanics each area had introduced but it made the end of the game feel so much more special and the way that area works is that you're climbing through these areas that bring back all of the elements that you've played around with in the the, the chapters prior to that final chapter and when you reach the top of a section you will 
connect with the other side of Madeline and you'll do a few jumps back and forth until you reach her in the middle of the screen and then she will shoot you up to the next area and it is such a powerful moment every time you do that because you see yourself flying high and you see yourself working together with your other self with that part of you that you were trying to rid yourself of for so long and coming together to accomplish your goal of reaching the top of the mountain it's a really wonderful experience that entire end that is reminiscent of something like half-life 2 and getting the gravity gun or any game that gives you something that makes you feel so much more powerful than you had the entire time beforehand and i i just love that about the game and and going back to the story I, I think the story is perfect for this type of game this story that deals with self-doubt and not believing in yourself and, and having these bits of encouragement that happen both in the story and, and in the loading screens between areas and chapters that both let you know that you're capable of doing this but also that you don't have to push yourself too hard that assists in the game exist and if you're having difficulty it's okay to use an assist and that's fine and it's a really wonderful story that I wasn't expecting from a game like this but I think why the story is as good as it is and why it works so well is because it complements this particular type of game this genre so well I don't think any type of story would work that well in a platformer like this but the story just works it fits it feels right and I don't know if any platformer will be able to come up with a story that tops Celeste because it's a genre that I don't think needs a strong story or a story at all and I think a lot of platformers try to be cheeky and funny and go that route and that usually doesn't work so I end up skipping everything but Celeste may be the only platformer that I never skipped anything I ate up every bit of Celeste's story like it was some kind of candy that I don't eat anymore because my teeth are horrible and I don't eat candy but I just think Celeste's story is wonderful as simple as it is it just fits the game so well. And going back to the assist that I mentioned earlier, the game does a really great job of providing assists that make the game easier for those who have difficulty with platformers like this. And the assist consists of invulnerability, uh, which makes you completely invulnerable even to falling deaths, and either an extra dash or unlimited dashes, which kind of breaks the game, and unlimited climbing, which then allows you to climb freely. And I love that the assist exists because I think accessibility is something far too few games go out of their way to provide, and it's a real shame that not that many games offer such options and I really hope 
more games will because making games more accessible can only be a good thing. Anyone who says accessibility is bad is wrong. I won't even humor the argument that accessibility is bad because it's not forced accessibility. You're not forced to play the game this way. It's just there for people who need it. Like with horror games, say Soma, which introduced a safe mode, which made it a game that someone like me, who doesn't work well with horror games, it made it a game that I could get through. And it ended up being one of my favorite games of the last five or so years. I love Soma, and I never would have played it if they didn't introduce that safe mode. So to me, accessibility is a wonderful thing that I hope more games implement. And, and Celeste does a great job of implementing an assist mode, one that you can turn on and it'll just be in the menus and then you can turn on assist as you need them. So you don't need to play the whole game that way, but if you reach a particular level, a screen that has given you a lot of hard time and you don't know how to get past it, turn on an assist, get through it, turn it off, and play through it again until you need it. It's not going to force you to play with assist from the beginning. You can turn it on and off as you want, as you need it, and I love that. I just think Celeste is a wonderful game, and going back to the level design one last time, to me, Celeste is a prime example of why handcrafted designed levels are so much better than procedurally generated levels. I love procedurally generated games like Rogue Legacy or Dead Cells or any of those games that give you a new layout every single time and make the game feel different every time so that you can keep coming back to it and feel like you're getting something new. I love that a lot. But those games don't feel the same way that something like Celeste does. Procedurally generated levels feel procedurally generated. They feel like Lego blocks. You can put them together in so many different ways, but there is a limit to what you can do with them. When a designer is handcrafting a level from scratch, each and every single one, it feels so much different and it gives life to each and every single screen. And it just feels more special because of that. Celeste is just... A wonderful game that feels great outside of the diagonal inputs which I think are only a problem with the Xbox One controller, uh, at least in my experience, or any controller that has the analog sticks in the same placement, like the Switch Pro controller, I believe. But I don't use that enough to remember. I, I'm pretty sure it's set up that way. I think this is 100% a D-pad platformer, which of course is just my assumption because I've only played it on Xbox One. But I highly recommend this game for anyone because of those assist options. You don't have to be someone who is great at platformers, but I highly recommend trying to get through as much of it as you can without using the assist. They're also in the levels, strawberries and stuff that you can collect that you don't need to. I didn't focus on them during my initial playthrough. I just wanted to go through the world and experience it all for myself and leave the strawberries for going back and having something to do after I finish the game. And yeah, I just, I really, really love Celeste. And I will 100% play through it again on the Switch or PS4 or what have you at some point in the future because I want to play it with a controller that I think is better suited for the game. But that will do it 
for this here episode of Attack the Backlog. Once again, I am your host, Mark Ruznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Sausage podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this show or that other podcast I mentioned, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. And as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.